0: What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go
1: bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history
0: Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. Oh my gosh, here we are in the holiday season. It is in full force, and you know, I am just not a big fan of this time of year. I I love the weather, like I love the gloominess, the gloom and the doom, you know, all that cool stuff. I like the foggy mornings, the the drizzling rain and stuff like that. I love that stuff. I hate the snow, personally. Um, I just... I, I grew up in a place where there was no real road coverage or anything, you know, no road service, I guess is what you could say. And it was always a pain in the ass getting in and out. But anyway, I'm 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 already rambling on. Uh, I have Woody from Split the Abyss here today and we're gonna be talking about their awesome band and the things they're they've been up to and the things they've got coming out soon. You know, they started back in two thousand and seven you know at the same time overload did and it's like 15 years is a long time you know you go through a lot of stuff over that amount of time i can only imagine what it's like for bands to reach you know 30 and 40 and 50 year careers and stuff like that like Judas Priest, Motorhead, Metallica, The Rolling Stones, you know all of those bands that have reached uh, a pinnacle like that that it's something that they've done for all of their life type stuff, so which is super rad. Um, this week, I do want to I do want to tell you there's not a metal mission nor a heavy metal wasteland. It's just me. You've only got me this week. Hell yeah! Uh, I still like doing these shows, but I do have some changes coming. I do want to go ahead and mention this because I believe Jason has already started to talk about this on his podcast, The Alehorn. And we, I think we might have mentioned it on our joint podcast, The Mudhorn, uh, which you, if you haven't really checked that out, The Mudhorn is a total nerd fest. Uh, we we don't get together on a on a super regular schedule. We've mostly been following around things like the shows on Disney Plus, like the Star Wars deal, you know, where they had Obi Wan, they had Andor. You know, uh, Book of Boba Fett. We've been uh, convening typically before a season and after a season is over, and talking about that. And we did uh, an episode here a couple weeks ago that was the the end of Andor and the beginning of the Willow series. So check out that we're going to put links below. But uh, the point of bringing this up is, uh, starting January the first, we are switching over to a network. And it is going to be the Flame Keepers, and this is going to be an all-new thing where it's uh, his podcast and my podcast under one banner, along with a few other things that that are going to be coming out. You might see some awesome stuff like, you know, you might see some special heavy metal wastelands. You might see some special metal mischiefs on there. I can't speak for everything that's going to be happening, but we're definitely going to be trying to provide to you the best content available out there today and tomorrow and in the future. So I'm just really excited about this. Um, For the patrons out there from the Patreon support, thank you guys so much. You've been awesome. I will be sending you guys a, a link to where you can transfer over to the new Patreon page, where it's the Flame Keeper page. And pretty soon, you know, we're going to be kicking ass, chewing bubblegum, and all out of fresh bubblegum. You know what I'm saying? That's fucking right. But I'm, I'm super excited about this. This is something that I've been toying with the notion of for a while, and I've also started thinking about saying about trying to get the, the episodes in syndication somewhere. You know, now that we're over 200 episodes in, I still, you know, I still want to put out new episodes every week, but go back through the archives. Check and see who's there. Look and see who's been reforged, you know. Seriously, there are some really awesome episodes back in the archives, and I do get quite a bit of uh, spins on those today as well. Even the episodes back from when it was the radio, which had more playlist-oriented stuff, and live bands in in the studio, because the studio was set up for that. But anyways, you know, I'm digressing here. Um... But thank you all so fucking much for tuning in each and every week. Thank you for giving me your feedback. Thank you for sharing the posts. Um, oh and by the way, if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, tomorrow, when by the time I'm putting this show out on Friday, December 9th, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, December 10th, the last Metal Forge live show event of 2022 featuring Rifle from here in Louisville, Kentucky. From Champaign, Illinois, we have Eric Cobra and their first show ever, Halfcaster from Louisville, Kentucky at the Mag Bar at, um, and on 2nd Street. And the cool shit about it is, is we are also going to have live art by Ryan Case and Russell Jackson. Super fucking rad, people. We've been sharing this for about a month now. It, it kicks ass. I'm so excited for it. It, you know, it's kind of the festivus kick-ass in, uh, end of the year show for the Metal Forge, and you know, but that's not all. We still have a few more episodes this year, along you know, with Sinistrum, and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you who's who to look forward to coming up. So, on twelve sixteen, we have Garrett Netto from Sinistrum. We then have Toledo Steel, and then. Rounding out the end of the year, we have Crypt Rod. A couple of bands from the UK there coming on uh, towards the end of the year. And on the 1230 episode, we will have the year in review, where we will be much like the um, the 200th episode, where we will have a heavy metal wasteland and we will have a metal mischief. So sweet-ass, kick-ass stuff. I am excited. Oh, and the top five albums from myself, Athena, and Jason. Super rad fucking times. I I am excited. I mean, this has just been an amazing year for the Metal Forge. I have enjoyed everything, all the feedback that you all have given. (sighs) I, I'm I'm super happy with the way everything is. I'm super happy that I brought on Athena and Jason to do metal reviews and other stuff that they've done. You know, concert reviews, band uh, history type stuff. I this this has been super kick-ass to me. So let's go ahead. Let's get into this. Let's listen to some Split the Abyss. This is Envoy Redactivist. Metalheads, I have Woody Corsini from the band Split the Abyss from Cincinnati, Ohio here on the line, dude. Woody, what is up?
2: Oh, uh, happy to be here. Uh Thank you so much for um, having me on the podcast today.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I mean, I've been watching you guys for you know a while now, a couple of years, and it's just like, I, it's like I really need to get these guys on here because. You know, you all are a couple hours away from Louisville, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that's one of the things I've always liked about this area is Louisville is mm-hmm. like two hours from pretty much, ev- not everywhere, but, you know, the circle of everything, you know, Cincy, mm-hmm. and Indy, Evansville, Nashville-ish, you know, and mm-hmm. it, we've got a pretty cool little circuit going on
2: here. I, I do agree. I certainly agree.
0: Hell yeah, man. So... For the metalheads out there that have not heard of you guys, tell everyone about Split the Abyss.
2: Well, Split the Abyss, uh we've been around uh good up uh, 10 years now, uh started uh I can't remember, it's a little hazy to me now. It was either late 05 early to mid 06. It was a chance encounter between me, my best friend uh co-founder, guitarist, vocalist, uh, Max Kessler, uh, backstage at a high school production of a uh, little Shop of horrors. Uh, <laughs> we just arbitrarily. Yeah. That's the genesis of split the abyss right there. We just started up uh, an arbitrary, uh, conversation about, uh, arch enemy actually, uh, came up and, uh, I was a senior, he was a junior and, uh, we both, uh, just, uh, started basically eating lunch together every single day, uh, talking about, uh, various stuff, uh, he was a guitar player i was an aspiring drummer uh, we just kept talking about uh bands and stuff like that and eventually we just finally got together and uh just started jamming neither of us were really uh, proficient enough to really uh cover anybody else's music so after enough, enough times we just uh started uh writing our own stuff and uh that eventually uh, started uh becoming split the abyss uh uh, I'd say in our root sound we are definitely a thrash metal band I'd say we take a little more from the uh, German bands Sodom destruction Crater, I didn't say the American bands uh, we started out earlier with a little more uh death metal influence in our sound uh over the course of uh three studio records now a couple few couple of EPs and singles were uh, sort of getting more streamlined a little more traditional thrash, thrash sounding and uh yeah we've uh we've had a Fairly a consistent run around here in the uh, Midwest. Uh, We've done Cincinnati a ton of times. We've played uh, Columbus. We've uh, done Indianapolis, uh, Fort Wayne. I know we've been down to Louisville and Lexington at least once or or twice. Uh, We were able to get up to uh, Cleveland once. Uh, We've played uh, the Dayton area. Baton area. Uh, we uh, just dropped our last record, studio record, uh, These Terrible Deaths, uh, January of uh, 2021, and uh, we currently have uh, nine new tracks uh, written for our next uh, as an unnamed uh, studio album.
0: Wow, that is a lot to to dissect here. So let's kind of mm-hmm. take a, you, the show thing. You know, the little shop of horrors, really. That that's that's yeah, kick ass. I mean.
2: Yeah, we were both uh, students at the Cincinnati School for Creative and Performing Arts. Uh, he was a sound guy. I think I was uh, at the time doing scenery stuff. So, yeah, it was just a total happenstance right there.
0: See, that's rad as shit. And, but, you know, I haven't got a chance to see you guys live. Uh, in all of, the, all of the places where you said you all had been, I, I haven't got a chance to actually see you guys. So, mm-hmm. if you were doing, like, scenery stuff, ha- did that actually – has that – Helped out your stage show
2: not really no we our, our stage show prior all, all our careers been us been pretty uh minimalist well we do we did have a couple of like uh amp screens uh, a while ago, but uh, old logo design we haven't used them quite probably in the last uh, five years or so it's been a going forward I think I'd like to think of something we could probably do in that way. I remember up uh, seeing uh iron maiden twenty nineteen probably the single biggest production they probably had in the whole course of their career and that's it certainly leaves an impression on you and you want to try to emulate that in at least some capacity
0: well for sure and and see that's one of the things i've always sit there and said is you know taking taking it to the next level is also creating that visual yeah. with it you know yeah you can you can sit there and have an amazing group of songs that you play in an amazing set you know amazing albums but you know if you look like you're just five dudes or four dudes or three dudes, uh, depending on your, your lineup, you know, on a stage, you know, you, you got to give people something to look at too. Mm-hmm. And see, that's that's pretty damn cool though, that, you know, you have a, a background in like scenery and, and stuff like that, because I'm sure if you ever did decide to do anything with it, you know, you've got the technical know-how to sit there and say, okay, why well, I know, you know, like lighting effects and paint effects and stuff like that.
2: Right. Yeah, but well, I guess to answer your question. Uh, no. It has as of as of right now, it hasn't really borne out in uh, what we've done on stage. But uh, if it counts for anything, I finally got our logo on my fucking kick drum heads uh, this year. So it took me about ten goddamn. It, got, it, got, it took me ten goddamn years to finally do it, but I finally got around to doing it.
0: You know that's that's pretty funny too because I, I'm in the same boat. It's like yeah, we have amp covers and stuff like that, and a backdrop, and and like it's like we keep talking about getting the the bass drum head you know done, and it's like we never do it. <laughs> so yeah, I totally get that. So you do have full uh, three full length albums and an EP, uh, as you said. Uh, these terrible depths came out in January of 21. Yep so now we're coming on two years of that you've got something new coming out uh of course you did say it was untitled i'm assuming it's untitled and unrecorded right now
2: uh yes sir uh we've uh, like i said uh we got nine new tracks uh, written for up uh, it's going to be another uh, full-length record uh i think the strategy right now is basically we want to just uh record the thing get it mixed and mastered, and everything then we're going to figure out what the title is artwork and everything else like that we made a mistake with depths uh, a good full two years before it, it, we finally released it we put the artwork out with the track listing and uh then we just didn't, weren't able to follow up with that anytime like two years like everyone's asking like oh is that out yet is i thought that was out yet or something like that. You know like we had some log- logistical problems uh finally getting the uh um recorded uh mix and master making sure everything was edited right and uh sounds right and just coherent all all around. We've made mistakes with that We're recordings in the past, so this time we just had to make sure just it was going to take a while, it was going to be a pain in the ass, but we just had to make sure it sounded right, and we think the final product is the best we could have done.
0: Definitely. Well, and it did come out in January of 21, so, mm-hmm. you know, when you said that it was a two-year thing, you know, that's pretty stout because it was also during the pandemic era, too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, no, go ahead. Were, well, with, with, with us, uh,
2: we, we I get, I, I say that if we were to write the uh, autobiography of this band, you know, it would be, I would call it, title it in ADO, Setbacks and Logistics, because, uh, we, in January of, uh, of July, I should say, of 2017, our, uh, my, my best friend, the co-founder of the group, uh, Max Kessler, he moved to uh, Los Angeles, and so basically, for the better part of the last five years, it's been uh, basically about weekly uh, phone calls between myself and him. You know, basically trying to figure out, uh, okay, what's going to be uh, the next thing we can like, you know, do do this year. We've been averaging about uh, one show a year uh, since since then. Uh, we were fortunate enough, like, our, we were fortunately in 2020, we were able to get one gig in, like, under the gate before uh, the lockdowns really started happening started happening and uh i think it was that uh, january 20th of that year and uh i remember uh, we uh i tracked uh, drums in indianapolis for uh depths uh then uh max was uh, basically uh, recording uh his parts and everything in like various locations in uh the los angeles area and uh then we uh we're like, uh, like, go back, we're hearing the tracks back, you know, there's like, you know, some connections weren't made here, some fills sounded out of place and stuff like that, so then we had to like stop back, you know, re-edit everything to make sure it was all right and uh, vocal takes, then we, uh, we had to get mixed mastered, guitars had to get re-amped, so it was just the whole process, you know, like, you know, like herding uh, cats in a way, just now, uh, snail's pace, but we got the final products and uh, we were able to, it was all, and this is all self-financed, so independently produced and stuff like that. It's really just two of us basically trying to figure out, okay, we got this done. Now we got to line up this next part of the process. Then we get that done. We got to line up the next part of the process, finally get the physical product, find it out, distribute like physical copies. To us, it's in our hands. And then we can like, you know, basically update our band camp and just send it out and just, you know, be able to get physical copies to people and everything. So,
0: definitely it it is definitely a painstaking process especially when you have members that are not all present at the same time
3: yeah
0: because of stuff like that then you're relying on especially because he's in la there's a three-hour time difference from us here in the midwest Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean by the time you know most people are going to bed here it's only seven o'clock or eight o'clock there so by the time you, you know any text messages or whatever unless you're staying up multiple like late late hours one two in the morning all the time you know you're you're gonna get everything next day so absolutely I've you know, that's always been a thing that I've always been curious about to work with people in other places like mm-hmm. the the quote unquote, like bedroom project type stuff because of, you know, because of stuff like that.
2: I, I know people always ask me, uh, you know, when's your next show? Like, you know, what's the next thing we got in the works? You know, really, it's uh, if anyone's frustrated about it, I assure you, I understand. I'm very frustrated about it. By it and uh, but uh, we're always like me and Max are always in communication with each other and it's always just you know we've got to be very strategic in uh, what we're going to do next. So the, the agenda for next year is to definitely get the process started for recording the next studio record and we're we're going to do everything we can to have that out in uh, twenty twenty in uh, twenty twenty three and probably of course get at least probably at least a couple more uh, shows and for that year uh we it's been a, it's been a learning curve with him being over there and me being back here in cincinnati trying to just you know, figure out how we're going to make this work but we're starting to get we've started a bit, a bit of a process now like how we can at least write songs get ideas down and how compose every compose everything so we've got we've got that down i think reasonably well and that was just a process of us you know continuing that I can tell you we certainly do not are not lacking for ideas when it comes to like you know new ideas for music, and it's just a for us it's ever since we like started it's been a constant process of refining our craft and like, how can we you know articulate our ideas better and you know well just don't be uh contribute to the like you know overall global metal scene
0: definitely now. I'm not sure of of like your your situation of you, you know in life and stuff like that but has there been talks ever of possibly you relocating as well?
2: Yeah, that certainly is an option that that's certainly is an option. Uh I mean, it hasn't really, it hasn't come up. I can't say it's come up. So, uh that might happen. You know, I don't know. I guess it's uh anything's a possibility.
0: Definitely, because you know, like I said, that's an extremely hard thing to do to to have you know two thousand miles or more. I do know people who have been in like the UK and they've had members in the states, and you know, it's just wow. And and I think that's really the thing now, especially after the pandemic. And and you said this had Mm -hmm. started. This had started what in twenty seventeen where he had moved. You Mm say. Wow. See yep. so you all have been doing this for a lo- for you know 5 years now.
3: Mhm.
0: Wow. So you know I commend you guys for being able to do that seriously because that is no easy feat, I'm sure.
2: Well, I think we got it. I like to think we have a uh um- Good thing going. Good thing going. I like to think, you know, with us, we're, we're on to something. I was really, we were really uh, taken aback with the uh, positive feedback we got for uh, these terrible depths. Uh, just uh, people were, like uh, messaging us. We we're getting uh, very good, uh, very good reviews online for a couple of sources that uh, did review did review us. Um uh, people, I most most shocking, like we just got some random guys from down in South America, like asking, like you know, share uh, links to our music on their YouTube channels and stuff like that. We're like, uh, sure, go ahead. We don't know. For the longest time we've just been like so far under the radar it's like uh man we just didn't even know and now all of a sudden here we are like oh people we've never met are like uh, buying our merchandise you know across you know miles and miles away and uh over in the uk we actually have people over in the uk saying oh we thought that off that, that last record was one of the best things uh, we heard uh in 2021 uh, we're like uh wow Probably one of the most uh, shocking things to us was uh, somebody we know here in the Cincinnati scene. Uh, well, like uh, the day of his uh, son's wedding, he took a photo of himself in a tuxedo at uh, one of the local record stores here, where I dropped off uh, copies of these terrible debts. He's like, I was at my son's wedding, but I uh, went across the street and uh, got a copy of the uh, new split, this split the arrest record. There he is in the record store in his tuxedo, like with a copy of a record, like, like, uh, where does it you know, like? I guess this might've been our kiss felt with that one time when they went to that one town where everybody was like dressing up, like as them as oh, them wow. and stuff like that. So like, <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, see that that's the cool stuff is when you, when, when people tag you in those pictures and stuff and you're just like, wow, you know, that's, it makes you feel really good. And I mm-hmm. totally get that. So with the, the writing and recording of the new uh, album and everything now, playing shows you said you know you've done about one show a year for the last couple of years or whatever because of Mm -hmm. distance for one Uh, so it's logistically an issue so Mm -hmm. would there be um a possibility of maybe like a small tour next year
2: uh that's something that might be in the agenda for the future i don't know about next year but uh the more we uh try to get ourselves organized and probably like think long-term we might try to do that sometime in the future for sure and, anything anything anything's a possibility you know that'd be something we'd like to do and be like that put that feather in our cap you know and you know maybe something as so uh, ambitious as you know eventually going overseas somewhere we certainly would like to do that as well
0: definitely and you know you did mention the south america thing which is totally fucking rad because there's so <laughs> many you know south american metalheads out mm-hmm. there and it is so yep. you know it's one of those like niche places where some where you want to go tour, but logistically it is so hard for any band mm-hmm. to actually tour in South America. Right. And you know, going back into reading things like in like White Lion Fever, and uh, mm-hmm. the Lemmy autobiography, how they talked about how right. difficult it was for them to get down there and mm-hmm. tour, be- when they had such a huge following. You know, you got like Rock in Rio and stuff, where you see like. <laughs> 150,000 people at one show. It's so... It's it's, it's interesting.
2: It's quite the spectacle. They're very passionate down there, you know, really uh, dedicated to it. It's like, you know, seeing how they react and stuff like that. And now they're just, you know, lining the streets and they're just, you know, really, really passionate about the music down there.
0: Oh, for sure. And, you know... i want to do uh because we're talking about south america i do want to give a shout out really fast to the band witch trap from columbia who finally got to make it on their united states tour uh here earlier th- uh or this month so holy shit you know it's like i wish they came somewhere close to here but the closest they came was atlanta and it's like fuck i can't drive eight hours for you know one show <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, I did see. I've heard a little bit of their. I'm not really too familiar with them, but I have heard a little of their stuff. It sounds really fucking good.
0: Oh yeah, oh absolutely, it does. And they've been and they've been around for like 35 years. So wow, <laughs> yeah. And it uh, so go uh, for the listeners out there. Go check the archives. I believe it was uh, June of last year. Maybe I'm hoping it's not 2020. It might be 2020. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those times so but mm-hmm. hell yeah man so definitely looking forward to something new from you guys because and hopefully some more shows t- uh before too long as well i mean mm-hmm. hopefully you get one in before the end of the year because i will definitely oh. be there
2: oh, we do we do have uh, our last show of 2022 is going to be uh december 2nd actually up here in uh, cincinnati we're uh playing uh one of our old uh Ponce uh, used to be called. It uh, still is called Urban Artifact. They now sort of have like a musical side called Radio Artifact. They've got a, they've totally revamped uh, their uh, ven- venue. It's all new sound system, new staging, just very, very nice, very classy. We're going to be uh, there uh, December second.
0: Definitely, hell yeah, man. So look, definitely looking forward to that. And mm-hmm. hell yeah, we can actually get that, get that on the books to to come out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Hell yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and switch over here. I'm going to ask you some general profile questions about you as a person. Okay. And, okay. you know, these are just life questions. You know, they're mm-hmm. about anything you want it to be about. They're pretty uh, whimsical in some, some respect.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. Do you put up a boundary to keep people out of a certain part of your life?
2: Uh, I'm a very painfully introverted person. Uh... Let's see, a about it. To an extent, yes, but I'm never a person who will just, you know, never not, you know, listen to somebody, you know, take a question or ask something. I guess if uh, people uh, expect me, you know, be uh, extended, like, you know, a vacation or just, you know, basically talk, be around uh, them for an extended period of time, I get, at some point I'm going to get exhausted. I'm going to have to go somewhere to recharge. I guess I do have boundaries, but I'm also somebody who's, uh, you know, pretty uh, amicable, I guess you could say. Definitely. I get to know, a, I get to know, a per, I, get, I get to know a person, you know, they're. I get to know a person very well. I have you know, like, you know, a good rapport with somebody. Oh, you know, I'm willing to, you know, but I'm, I'm willing to do a lot for a friend.
0: Definitely. I get that. And yeah, I think, I think being an artist for the most part, most of us are introverted for, you know, for as it is. <laughs> and I think most of us too have a, like you were saying how you were amicable with, with most people and, uh, Almost to the degree of like, not necessarily people pleasing, but want to be to a certain degree, I guess, is, Mm -hmm. is I guess where that, where that is for me. So yeah, I totally get what you mean by that, dude. Uh, You know, what upcoming life event are you excited about?
2: Uh, Well, I uh, am pretty happy about this uh, show that's coming up, uh, not to be all too, band-centric right now uh uh other than that folks i hate to sound uh, pretty underwhelming here but uh right now i'm just sort of a you know musician and uh, just you know uh neurotic album collector and uh you haven't really got too much uh life stuff to speak of right now
0: definitely Uh, So I haven't asked this question for a while, so I'm going to go ahead and throw Mm -hmm. it in there because we are in the holiday season as it is Mm -hmm. Uh, Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. or Christmas.
2: Uh, I do enjoy Thanksgiving. I might skew slightly toward Christmas because I usually get a good box of drumsticks right there and that's always welcome. And also also kids, uh, if you're listening right now, let me tell you something. Uh, The thing about Getting older, uh, you realize that happens when you get socks, and you're very enthusiastic about that,
0: <laughs> right? You know, uh, for the last like 15 years, probably for me, I'm just like, don't get me anything; just give me money so I can record with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always been my yeah. my go to. <laughs> just just give me something that I can use for the band. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they, exactly. Never,
0: and they never do. No. <laughs> and they never do. Mm-hmm. What do you consider yourself an expert at?
2: Well, it's a very niche thing, but I think I can articulate uh, the uh, differences between uh, Dave Lombardo's tenure and his approach to drumming in Slayer versus Paul Botstaff's tenure in Slayer and his approach to drumming in that band.
0: Very interesting. Yeah, because they do have a, for all intents and purposes, it is Slayer, so it has its, its, mm-hmm. its sound. They have their the Slayer sound, but they are different.
2: The, the best way I can articulate it is basically Dave Lombardo is the guy that I always had like, his own particular style and approach to drumming. He's the guy you call if uh, you want that particular kind of sound on your record. Botstaff, in contrast, not quite as fast. But I'd say more, uh, te- more technical, and I think probably a little more a uh, he has the conventional sound. Basically, he's a guy you if you have something specific in mind, you call him up and you bring bring him in, bring him in on his own on his own stuff. And I'd say on more mid tempo stuff, I think is where he kind of tends to shine a little more. Both of them. Both. Um, whenever I'm, whenever I'm comparing musicians and stuff like that, I think the first thing I got to account for is basically for me, me do they cross a particular threshold first and foremost? And then when you, when everybody gets over that particular threshold, like the great musicians, so basically that's already established. Then I think the nuances, sort of like you know, their the individual playing styles, where their strengths lie. Maybe somebody's more in the pocket. Somebody's more creative with fills. Somebody maybe has you know just you know exactly know idea about the overall composition in a part That's all about getting over that initial threshold in my opinion in my opinion
0: definitely so uh a couple of big questions that i have regarding both regarding with what you just said one Mm -hmm. is what do you feel about certain players not naming names uh but put down awesome tracks in the studio but then decide to pocket play live
2: no uh don't understand the What do you mean by that?
0: What What are your thoughts on on drummers who uh, put down amazing tracks in the studio, but then revert to playing like in the pocket live and not doing mm-hmm. the big, the flashy stuff that they did in the studio?
2: Well, mm-hmm. I'm sort of guilty of that myself in the past too. Uh, I'll even confess uh, the last record uh, there was more uh, editing for my takes done than I probably would have liked. So it's not exactly what I played in the studio on the on the record. So it's something I had basically to uh, relearn. You know, it's a it's a pain in the ass. I can say I think uh whatever musician should be stri- trying to do, striving to like, hey, do the best uh, you can as close to the record. Definitely, you know, get 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 the vibe, certainly, and uh, don't you know, just uh, underperform or just you know try to half-ass what you lay down, record, and stuff like that. That'd be my, that'd be my, my initial take. You now it varies from uh, person to person, probably. You know, I'm pretty sure there may have been uh, some guys, you know, back in the day, they probably had, you know, the uh, enhancement of uh, illicit substances that probably got them the uh, performance they initially laid down or something like that. And they just can't they just can't recreate that, you know, without, you know, said substances. So uh, there's kind of up a creek, out of a battle. So you know, what can you say? Uh, but uh, overall, that's, you know, as long as you're know, making the, making the effort, you know, meaning you don't have to get like every fill exactly the way it was, but you know, they're just, you know, totally just, you know, just half-assing it and just, you know, not giving the, you know, appropriate feel to the studio, to the performance that, you know, people come to expect and so on that, at least have like, you know, the necessary live energy of a concert, which I think is it's sort of its own thing in its own right.
0: Definitely. Uh, and the other question I was going to ask regarding the Bostiff at Lombardo is, what do you think about Lombardo's addition to Testament?
2: Well, uh, my two favorite uh, Testament records are uh, The Legacy and The Gathering. And I guess uh, you know uh, Lombardo uh, being back. I, I saw them actually on the uh, last uh, Bay uh, Strikes uh, back tour. Uh, you know, uh, there. <laughs> well, if it, 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 it couldn't if it could if it couldn't be Gene Hoglan anymore, I guess you know you go with uh, one of the other um, you know major you know icons of uh, thrash drumming. So again, you know there, you know he he's got his own particular you know. Style, uh, as opposed to Hoagland, but you know it's all about you know, crossing that threshold. As I said, as I said before, you know they both certainly are up there. I think you know, uh, you know, it'll, you know, you know, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. I hope they can uh, get a bit of that uh magic back. They've got an uh, air type lineup now. Basically, there's nobody in there you can't say is like a bad performer. They're all. So uh, it's, it all comes down now to the songwriting. And, you know, what, what do they have in the tank now at this point? I thought I, Titans of Creation was a great record. So uh, let's hope they can keep that momentum going.
0: Oh, definitely. And even on, like, a, you know, because I'm a bass player. And, you know, with Steve Giorgio on bass, you know, mm-hmm. now it's so fucking awesome. And, you know, he even played on, like, the new Megadeth album.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: So, you know, after they got rid of uh, Junior. What is something you wish you spent more time doing when you were younger
2: well i wish i picked up an instrument sooner than i did i sort of got i think i got my first drum set when i was uh 12 or 13 12 or 13 i want to say maybe even later than that so i don't I have like the uh, musical uh, beginning of uh, you know they you all know, like nine to ten, you know, basically, you know, picking up an instrument for the first time and, like, slowly, progressively learning. And then the time I came a teenager, like, writing my first songs and stuff like that, the, you know, archetypal, you know, sort of a uh, musician origin story. So I, I guess if I was younger, I wish I had, like, was, I started, like, a craft or a hobby sooner than I did.
0: Definitely. So when did you start drumming?
2: It's not like an old man here. I can't uh, really remember. It must <laughs> have been early, teen, early teenage years, I have to say, probably something like that. I remember just... Arbitrarily asked for a. I just had an itch for the longest time. Uh, could I get a drum? could I get a drum set for cr- Christmas? And uh, that's. I uh, was oh, sorry. I still got my. Still got. I still have it too. The uh, it's a Tama rock star gunmetal uh metallic rap uh, two single kick two racks on the floor. I expanded that. add uh, a, another rack and another second kick drum. I that's the one I still have today. Done all my recording played on my uh BIS gigs with.
0: Nice. So that's awesome mm-hmm. that you still have it. I mean, because i mean shit you know i wish i still had some of my first instruments but mm-hmm. yeah because it's it's always nice to see what you've started with and where you've become where, where you've went mm-hmm. you know and and mm-hmm. everything like that uh where do you go when you need to blow off steam
2: Oh, well, uh post po- uh during the pandemic uh most of this year really i've been sort of uh a, a bit of a homebody to be honest with you uh mostly I blow off steam i'm a uh, you know, back here in my house, uh, probably streaming something, or uh, I'm on here. The last uh, few months, uh, a game called Company of Heroes Two has become a major obsession of mine. I'll be like, you know, it's on out here, basically sending you know, waves and waves of, of Russian conscripts against uh, fortified German positions. You know, in game. So I guess uh, that's what I sort of do to blow off steam these days.
0: Definitely, yeah i I, I wish I was into gaming more, honestly. Because, you know, I, I, I've been the type of person where I just, um, you know, I have to have, like, one thing that I'm doing. I, I can do yeah. multiple things, but, like, I get, like, really yeah. invested in one thing, and then I'm just, like, everything else becomes a distraction at that point. Yeah. Like, like uh, I used to play a lot of D&D, and then mm-hmm. when when I got uh, my band together, when we when we started, it was just like, well, this is going to take up most of my time, so I can't do that Anymore, it's going to be a distraction. I could be writing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. Again, gaming kind of comes in like intervals for me. I'll be like doing it for a few months, then I'll like drop it for an indefinite amount of time before I finally pick it up again. I'm about a third of the way through the original Metal Gear Solid, and I just uh, stopped at one. I've stopped at one point. I haven't touched it in like well, probably like you know five months now. So I need to eventually get back and finish it.
0: Oh yeah, uh, same way. I bought a Switch a few months ago, and I was just mm-hmm. like yeah, I'm going to do this. And then <laughs> I've played it like 12 times. <laughs> right. I, I did play. I did. As soon as I bought it, I replayed the legend of Zelda from mm-hmm. NES and and beat right. it in like four days. And it was just like, well, oh, wow. well, shit, you know, now it's, now I guess I got to beat the master quest, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> which I, I, I never really did. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, what is the most creative excuse you've used to get out of doing something you didn't want to do? You know,
2: I don't know if I'm very that that creative with my excuses. I will just probably say, uh, I'm not going to fucking do it. Or I just uh, probably pocket pocket veto the task, I guess you could probably say. Just uh, don't give up response at all.
0: Definitely. The pocket veto seems to work really well when you just, you know, <laughs> don't. You just don't acknowledge it like it's going like it's, mm-hmm. it's just going to go away. Yeah. I've done that several times. It's like, "Mark, did you do this?" <laughs> and there's the dead air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I totally get that. And, you know, I, I don't get excuses really either. Like, oh, uh, you know, I overslept and I had a flat tire and and you know, or I hit I hit my neighbor's dog." You know, it's like I always am the one person to sit there and to think that if I give somebody a shit-ass excuse like that, that something much worse is going to happen, and mm-hmm. it's like uh, the boy who cried wolf kind of thing. Yeah, uh, That's the way I I'm, you say, I'm just,
2: going to I guess you could say I'm just too lazy to make up a lie, so I just say, uh, couldn't do it. Can't be there.
0: Right. I get that. Uh, so, I've got one more question, but before we do, as always, links are listed below, so please give a like, a share, and a follow. Please support these guys in any way you can. Go buy uh, albums, go buy merch, do what it is you do, go to shows. Uh, do you have any shout-outs you want to give before we go today?
2: Oh, well, I guess uh, there's, uh, there's some people here uh, in Cincinnati who have uh, been uh, very supportive of us. Uh, Will Finer. Uh, Transplant Productions uh, booked us uh, several great shows. He b- booked our last show with uh, Oxygen Destroyer uh, back in uh, July. That was a great day for us. We really wanted to open for those guys. Uh, I guess uh, Justin Roth and uh, Josh Murphy, uh, the other thrash band Cincinnati, War Curse. Uh, they've uh, been very helpful to us over the past uh, five years and so. Uh, Luke Sackenheim uh, helped us uh, track our uh, last uh our, our last single uh we re-recorded uh, one of our tracks from the uh first album he helped uh helped us get drums done for that and i uh, helped uh we, we actually had a few uh guest appearances on our, these terrible decks he also uh, helped uh, engineer and get that stuff together for us so luke Sackenheim, bum ass studios uh great guy great guitar player uh and uh just all the other cincinnati bands and of course everybody in our fan base who we really appreciate who's just been very supportive of us, clearly wants to see us uh, play more music, write more music, and uh, we're going to definitely continue to try to do that.
0: Absolutely. And yes, definitely. Fucking always put, I, I'm always one to sit there and say that content is king, and the more stuff that people can put out means the more people that can get behind your music. And, you know, because I I often feel like no matter who it is, there's always pretty much something for everybody. In music, mm-hmm. and just because somebody doesn't like an album that you did doesn't mean they are not going to like anything that you do. So always mm-hmm. strive for putting out new material and kicking fucking ass as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So, final question of the day is: what are what is something that most people are afraid of, but not you?
2: Being a musician does that
0: count? <laughs> Maybe. I mean. You know, I guess the stage fright thing is is always there. I know that, I that mortifies some people.
2: I think there's also, probably, there's also, like, all that... You probably know, you know, other people have said, you know, basically playing music is, like, maybe one-tenth of the actual thing that goes into being a musician or being in a band or something like that. So there's a whole lot of, like, uh, you know... The, it, getting on that, like, for, that 45-minute set, there's a whole lot of shit that goes on, like, prior to that. You have to do, basically organize you know, promote and just uh you'll know, be willing to put yourself out there and stuff like that you know the the uh, time you have to invest to learn the craft and you know then there's also what the time you have to spend to learn and understand how to compose music and stuff like that and listen to music and understand music since and uh and you know just uh the uh Trepidation probably comes to be, you know, you're putting yourself out there like such. You know, it's your voice, your creativity. You got to open, you have to open yourself up to criticism, you know, feedback and stuff like that. It could be positive, could be negative, could be, uh, you know, you know, I don't know. I know basically it's it's, it's uh you know high risk, uh, low re- high risk, low reward kind of profession sometimes. And uh, you know, basically some people will probably just uh, look at this uh, what what you do in a band and stuff like that and wonder, you know, why the heck are you do that? And you sometimes I've sat and you know, like why am I doing this again? But no, it's a part of the process
0: for sure. And I think you're, some absol- people are like,
2: Oh, go ahead. I think some people just I think some people just have a compulsion to do it maybe or something like that. Just, you know, but, uh, I really don't know. I can't articulate on that much more than I can.
0: Definitely. And, you know, I think you're absolutely right about the, the high risk, low reward factor of it. And the, the 45 minutes that you're on stage is pretty much the end-all, be-all result. And it's really a small portion of what actually goes on. Because mm-hmm. not only are you, you know, the countless hours of writing and practicing, but you also got, like, all the the countless hours of, you know, uh, travel time to shows. Yeah. And, you know, making checklists and itineraries. And, you know, making a set that you think people will be in in into and involved with, you know, and just even still going on like what you're going to, what the image you're going to try and cast on stages and so many other things that when you actually get down to just playing, you know, that's very, a small aspect of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's really you know that is uh yeah i agree that is something that is frightening to a lot of people and there's just so much extra work that that goes into it that a lot of people don't really see for sure dude woody thank you so much for coming on the metal forge this week this has been kick fucking ass i have enjoyed this conversation uh on our way out today uh what do you want to play
2: uh, I think uh, the sent uh, you yeah, we have uh, I think uh, the uh, title track uh, from our uh, last album uh, these terrible depths uh, uh, features a uh, guest solo by uh, Tony Bartham of uh, condition critical which is absolutely phenomenal it's uh, one of the uh, one of our favorite songs to play live but people really seem to like the track too so uh want to play that for us
0: please sure as you heard him this is from split the abyss this is the title track off their latest album these terrible depths Let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground. From the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this.
3: Soul Grinder Zine!
0: An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com/soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. BigCartel.com. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, So if you're currently listening to The Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. My show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro-wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro-wrestling! It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird.
0: Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? (laughs) You ain't no (laughs) Man. <laughs> weird questions who had a bigger cocaine habit jock sutherland or kaywood ledford neither one because they stopped beating their wives <laughs> and weird we never even thought of well no my friend is on acid and i sent my friend to go find a payphone so that i can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life <laughs> we love all types of people but we don't love all people no. <laughs> <laughs> weird it's good. gonna get weird is the name of the podcast available everywhere and thank you to big Exports radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. Hey, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the Metal Madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Radio today and help support the Metal Forge Rock On!